the fourth installment of Leon Says. We have a very special guest with us today, Mr. Taylor Molly, who I've just really thoroughly enjoyed getting to know over the last few days. And I'm just going to ask him a few short and simple questions, and we'll hopefully learn a little bit more about him. So, Taylor, gun to your head. Which of your poems would you dedicate to me, and could you please perform it? You don't have to put a gun to my head, Leon. Thank you for having me here. And actually, I was going to dedicate a poem to you at my performance, but I looked out in the audience and I didn't see you. But here's the one, and it's called Poet Teaching Math and History, because I was hired by a private school in New York to teach math and history when the ink was still wet on my master's degree in English literature and creative writing. Poet Teaching Math and History for Leon. I'm the weird one on the faculty. I'm the one they come to when they need to know if history is positive or negative, if math rhymes, if poetry is odd or if it's just poets who are, because those who do not know poetry will be doomed to repeat it. Pop quiz, I mean, quiz question. Who won the battle of the imagination? What makes people think that pi is easy? Do equilateral triangles ever fall in love with squares? How many poems were martyred in the Roman Colosseum, fed to ferocious perpendicular lions? Take all the problems of the world. Solve. Word problem. If an elephant begins crossing the Alps at the beginning of the Second Punic War, while at the exact same time the number five starts writing a poem in the opposite direction, how long will it take for the word love to round itself off to the nearest poem? Extra credit question. Now, you're a scientist, aren't you? Correct. You have a working knowledge of math. Indeed. Answer me these three questions, then. What is the square root of 4b squared? 4b squared should be 2b. 2b, or negative 2b. But that's not the question. What is 2b times 2? 4 Here's the hard one. What is 4b times 11c? Oh, my goodness. 44 BC. 44 BC. Friends, Romans, countrymen. Lend me your ears. Show all of your work, none of the time, because all of life is a made-up test, and all roads lead to rhyme. What an example of this man's extraordinary talent. I feel blessed. Um, Taylor, do you see why I was going to dedicate I know, to and we're not going to go into why we weren't there, but I blame my wife. By the way, this is a good, a good opportunity to say sorry for not making it. She has a gift drive, and she would like you to present this to your wife. Okay. Earrings from Nepal. Oh, wow, that is great. Thank yeah. you very much. Marie right. Elizabeth will very much appreciate it. Yes. So, Taylor, talk about the project to inspire a thousand teachers. As you know, many of my poems are about teaching. And after about the third or fourth person came up to me and said, because of you and the way you talk about the teaching profession, I've decided to become a teacher. Or you are, in, in a small way, responsible. I started to keep track. And then I met with a journalist who said, no, 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 don't just keep track. Give yourself a goal. So I said, all right, I'm going to create a thousand new teachers. And I gave myself a deadline of December 31st, 2006. And 2006 came and went. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't anywhere near. I had just over 100. But I always say that poetry is a great place to celebrate your failures and the ways in which you right. fall short of perfection. So I decided to keep, keep track. Mm -hmm. I'm now up to about 580. 
people who claim that my work is at least in a small way responsible for their decision to pursue teaching or education or however you define teaching. Right. I've got people who are on my list who teach karate or Sunday school mm -hmm. and they say it's but it's because of you that I decided to do this as a living. They go to my website which is taylormolly.com and down in the lower right hand corner there's something called Quest for a Thousand Teachers and they fill out a little online form right. and they upload a picture of something that represents teaching to them or a picture of themselves and then I read it and if they qualify unless they say something like I've actually been teaching for 51 years <laughs> but I, could I still be on your list and I have to say no sir ma'am you are a veteran I can't claim you but I have an unofficial list of people who I've kept from quitting Right, and I just added you on it, and I click approve, and so I know there are 21 people waiting to be approved. Mm -hmm. And if they are all, if they all, if I validate all of them, or rubber stamp all of them, I'll be at 601. Okay. Oh, okay. excellent. Well, that's great. Okay. So why did you decide to become a teacher? Uh, what process or journey did you go through, and what other options were you considering at the time? In 1989, right before Saddam Hussein invade, invaded Kuwait, I was living in the Bay Area of California and not doing much of anything except roller skating around and I would stop at this schoolyard and do pull-ups. That was, I had a job but I had quit my job and I was living off my savings. My girlfriend at the time said, I'm going to go to graduate school in the Midwest for journalism at the University of Missouri at Columbia, which was a very good school for journalism. We can break up, which is probably what we should have done. <laughs> we can, you can come with me and flip burgers in Columbia, Missouri. We can maintain a long distance relationship with you in California and me in Missouri. And I said, hold on, there's a fourth option. What if I went to graduate school too? For, I don't know, poetry. <laughs> and she said, fine. So I, I looked at schools that were within a 250-mile radius, and I ended up, ended up going to graduate school in Kansas to become, a, to become a better poet. But part of the terms of my scholarship was that I had to teach freshman composition. And I found that I loved teaching. And I found teaching is the art of explanation. Right. And teaching and poetry, they're both about performing and presenting information. So it was in graduate school to become a better, better poet that I realized how much I loved teaching. Excellent. That's, I'm so glad I got that answer. It's one question I haven't been asking you in all the time we've spent, but what a, what a wonderful story. So this is flipping back a question you told me that was asked of you during your college interview. If you were running this interview, what question would you ask Taylor Molly? If I were sitting where you are and running this interview, and yet I was still also somehow sitting here, I would ask myself, so Taylor, I know at some level you must feel as though you're following a dream. You gave up your teaching job 10 years ago. You gave up a steady paycheck. You gave up employer-funded health insurance to follow your dream of being a professional poet. But are there ever any days when you miss the daily grind of teaching, when you miss going into the classroom, 
seeing the same kids day in, day out, and watching them grow? That's the question that I would ask myself. And what would the answer be? The answer would be, what do you think? It's an interesting question for me, having left the classroom three years ago, and it really strikes home, I would say, because I, I am now struggling. Having met you and been inspired by you, of maybe re-entering the classroom after 16 years. And so it's, it is an interesting question. And I, and I would say I struggle with that. In the next couple of years, uh, I'll have to make a decision whether to stay in, elevate the classroom or go back in the classroom. But you always teach. One always teaches whether you're in a classroom yes. or not. Yes, and it's been a privilege to see you teach. Um, I know a lot of people out there on YouTube have seen Taylor perform, but I, I feel really privileged to have seen you teach. And what a great teacher you are. Thank you, Thank you for coming on, Leon Set. My pleasure.